Hello. And welcome back to Misfits and Tidbits. This, this little... This is my drink. This That is your drink. Sorry, it's like perfectly... I was holding it perfectly so the label was like... And this is my drink. Is that what you think it is, it's ladies a, and it's gentlemen? A, it's a big, giant beer. It's not. It's a teeny, tiny water. It's a beer. Big, big boy beer. Baby bitch water. Baby bitch beer. You know we're filming this too, right? You can see. No. No. That part got cut out of the video. This whole this whole part. It's blurred. It's just like TV static, yeah. just your can. Yeah. Yeah. Um Welcome back to our little curiosity corner. Information station. Information station. I like that. Dojo of debauchery. I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll cut it there. Knowledge college. Knowledge college. Well, isn't that all college? Kind of. Yeah. Some colleges. Debatable. My college made me stupider. I got so much smarter once I dropped out of college. Yeah. I think dropping out of college was the smartest thing you've ever done. I, oh, I agree. It's um, really funny because I never mind. I'm not making this out. It's gonna be ridiculous. Okay, we are your host. Uh, I'm Ethan. That's what I said. You said host. We are your host. Yeah, and you're our parasite. Parasite. Yeah, post parasite. You know. Oh, you Wait. are a pair of sights because you're oh. looking good. Pair of sights for sore eyes. Sore eyes. I am Juno. I'm Ethan. And we are your hosts. Hosts. Um, as Ethan said, we are a curiosity podcast, and basically, what that means is just. We are curious about things in the world. We have various interests uh, among the three of us. We have a lovely cameraman named Sergio. And uh, we like to just explore those and things that we wanted to know about from school that we never really got to learn about or things in the world that were never really explained to us when we were growing up or things that we've heard vaguely about but want to know way more about. Um, things that we think are important, things that are silly, all of the above, we learn about. So I do all the research during the week, and then we, I, I regurgitate it to y'all, hopefully in a fun manner. Any more things? Rate, like, subscribe. Are you fucking No, I mean, any more things, because you're like, things like this, or things uh, like this, or things like, and it was just, I was making fun of you. Yeah, That's it what sounds I was right. I'm, what? I'm getting work messages. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. Work's important. It's not involved me, but it's just Ow! notifying me. It just punched my computer. Anyway. Anyway. Um, happy Monday. Welcome back. How are you doing this fine Monday? <laughs> just tell me how you think you're going to be doing in like five days. Is that five days? Four days? Whatever amount of days. Four days. What do you think we're going to do Sunday? I don't know. Not a lot. Because we got a dinner on Saturday. Oh, I kind of want to (laughs) get obliterated on Saturday. Have fun doing that. Thanks. Yeah. I will have like a good old fashioned time like we used to. Like we used to. Um, so Sunday's gonna be spent throwing up for you. Um, no, I found, I literally found my hangover trick. It is eating 
a huge, yeah. huge meal this second I wake up. Yeah, but you've been doing that after drinking like a couple of drinks. I've been if doing wanna... that like after like throwing up the first time and then I'm fine. Yeah, but it's not as severe as like when you used to drink like two bottles of wine to myself, two bottles of wine and then wake up to, and just you can't do anything but throw up. Like if you woke up feeling like that, I don't think you could just put down a whole meal because it would immediately shoot back up. Projectile. It's a real thing. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so. Anyway. So be cautious. I will. I will. I don't want to feel like shit. That's not my goal. My goal is to just yeah. like have fun. Um, so I don't drink that often or like ever now. So really fun. Yeah. I kind of do. I'll be fine. Um, anyway, so Saturday, uh, we're doing that. Sunday, the reason why I ask is because what we do Sunday kind of depends on my Monday. Gotcha. Or my Monday depends on our Sunday. I think I'll probably be tired, but okay. And instead of working, I'll probably do a lot of DVD and maybe take a nap. So while people are listening to this, you're probably playing video games or napping. Nice. Yeah, sleeping or playing video games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Gigi listens to it at like six thirty a.m., which I am also sleeping during. Mm. Yeah, I'm usually um kind of awake, and hating my life. What? How do you think you'll be doing on Monday? Tired. Yeah. Tired all the time. Yeah. And but fine. I like weekends now because I haven't been working on weekends. Yes, that is the thing. I've been doing, like, we do podcast stuff on Saturday. Sundays are free days. So, you know, I actually take weekends now. So I think it'll be fine. Mondays have been okay. Good. Good. Um, we're thinking about getting a second dog. I know that that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I'm just really excited about it. Yeah. Um, a fluffy one. A fluffy one. A fluffy it's, one. It's, it's been so fucking frustrating, though, because Ethan's like, I want a dog with fur, dogs with no fur, no fun to pet. And I'm like, okay, here are several dogs with fur. And he's like, I don't have to deal with all that fur. I'm like, what the fuck? You sent me a dog literally about? named Snow Globe. Picture a fluffy dog named Snow Globe. Like, it was a short haired husky. It was a floofy, just white as hell dog. This is Snow Globe. And this is a snow globe. <laughs> um, What's the difference? <laughs> Spot the difference. They're the same picture. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, so exciting. Yeah. And, um, what aliens are we talking about this week? I hope it's a spooky. They're all spooky. <sighs> I'm so upset that I didn't like that one movie. Arrival? Arrival? Yeah. Why didn't you like it? I was like, I thought it was so damn cheesy and like. Just... I watched it again recently and it was better than I remember it being. When I, and I remember it being good. But... Yeah. The payoff was so stupid to me. It was like the whole thing was pretty obvious and at the end they make it this big fucking deal and you're just like, okay. Just because you're too smart for movies doesn't mean you have to put them down like that, God. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Bullshit. It's like. He's a scientist. And then her daughter comes up to her and she's like, can you help me with my science project? 
And then the fucking Amy Adams is like, your dad was always better at science. And you're like, oh my God, it's there were together at some point. And you realize that she's seeing into the fucking future. And then at the end, it's like, I'm giving you the gift to be able to see in the future. And you're like, that's what we've been watching this whole movie. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers at the end. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. Everything you just heard. Uh, yeah, just explain the whole movie. Yeah. Um, no, I know the movie. I, I just thought it was good. It's a good movie. You know what's a good movie? Annihilation. Annihilation is a good movie. I like that one. I think Arrival has a better plot than Annihilation. Annihilation is just a cooler movie. I think it's more fun. I also just think it's better done. Oh my god, the fucking way Tessa Thompson dies in that movie is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Don't remember. She turns Spoilers. into flowers. Oh yeah. Cool. Wait, no, I've seen that one. <laughs> that was Robert Pattinson? Right? No. no, it's with your boy, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. And Portman? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's this has been Movie Corner. Yeah, thanks for joining us for a little movie chat. Um, I can't stop rearranging our house either. I think it's an anxiety thing, but I literally cannot stop rearranging our house. It's like every other day Ethan comes home and some piece of furniture is in another fucking place. Yeah. And every time you're like, what do you think? I'm like, looks good. No, he says, Meh, I don't care. <laughs> That's not what I say. I said, yeah, looks good. He has no opinions. I, I never say, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> That's so rude. When do I ever come home and say something that rude? You're thinking it. No, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, I don't care if it's here or there. It looks good both places. Not that like, yeah, I don't care what you did here. It's just stupid. Stop moving things. That was part of the thought. I'm not saying that you can move things as well. Clearly, I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain is just all over the place. It so. really is. Um, um, anyway. So what kind of aliens are we talking about? Okay, let's jump in. Actually, one more thing. Uh, I don't, A, I don't have my notes up, and B, um, if you are on an iPhone, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and, like, give us a little, like, tidbit of a review. Um, we don't ask a lot of you, but that would be really wonderful. Okay. Yes, okay. please do that. And then also follow and subscribe and like and share and all those good things on every platform that you happen yeah, to be wherever listening. Wherever you listen. So this one, I don't think it'll be a shorter one. It might be, but you have some some funsies at the end. I have so. some funsies at the end. So we should be good. Okay. This week, we are talking about the Chicago World's Fair or the World's Columbian Exposition. Ooh. Yes. Is that where PBR got its blue ribbon? <laughs> I knew that. Okay. Oh, I, I, don't, I asked because... I just wanted to mention that. My sources this week, I do mention it also. My sources this week are Wikipedia, PBS, architecture.org, and Britannica. So this is the fair. That's exactly what I picture whenever someone says, that mentions the Chicago like World's Fair. That's literally exactly what I, yeah. not exactly in that photo, but picture a balloon in the Ferris wheel. So I think it's just because every ad for it is that. Is that, yeah. <laughs> but that was an actual picture of it, so I don't think I've ever actually seen any actual photos of the World's Fair. That's a good ad, then, if you I mean, yeah. a proper picture. Yeah, it really did. Um, 
This is going to be a, like, I'm going to read most of my notes and everything, but I also read Devil in the White City like two years ago. Um, so there are some tidbits that I have just that I remembered from that. It's like factually accurate and it goes through the construction of the fair in way more detail than I was able to find online. So there are just some like little tidbits that I remember that I'll probably share throughout. Cool. Um, so, you know, I guess Devil in the White City would be another source, but yeah. Cool. Okay. So. The Chicago World's Fair was a World's Fair held in Chicago in 1893 to celebrate the 400th anniversary. Anniversary. That's university and anniversary put together. Anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the New World in 1492. That boy a bitch. That boy a big old bitch. Um, the fair also served to show the world that Chicago had risen from the ashes of the Great Chicago Fire, which had destroyed much of the city in 1871. It was, yeah, I was listening to an episode of My Favorite Murder today, and they mentioned it because they were talking about the Boston Fire, and Chicago Fire happened like two years before that or whatever. And so they tried to use some of the methods of that, and then they just made the fire way worse. Hmm. Anyway, so the exposition was an influence uh, socially and culturally, and had a profound effect on architecture, sanitation, the arts, uh, Chicago's self-image, and American industrial optimism. So we'll go a little bit more into that as we go, like, move forward. But, um, yeah, it had, it was just one of the most influential events that had happened in America. Sounds good. Like the 1876 Centennial Exposition before it, the fair provided a showcase for American power and a reflection of the nation's prevailing values. So it was really just like America sucking its own dick. Hell yeah. Flexing yourself. Um, America took their shot at a World's Fair to beat the size and influence of the um, previous World's Fair, which was held in Paris in 1889. And it was known as the Exposition Universelle, and it was the event for which the Eiffel Tower was built, which at the time of the Eiffel Tower's building, it was the tallest structure in the world. Fuck yeah. Yes. Remember that fact I told you about the guy that did the thing? He, um, I don't remember his name, but he was like a The guy that made it so that you would shoot babies out of people. No, not that guy. I didn't tell you on the show. It was off, off the record. Um, there was a guy, I don't remember his name, Some someone probably knows what I'm talking about out there, but he was like a a tailor or something. He he worked with, you know, clothing, and he fashioned himself a wearable parachute, and he uh, jumped off the Eiffel Tower to prove that it worked. Died. It did not work. <laughs> yeah. He died. It's pretty rough. Anyway, go on. So, Chicago takes on Paris's World's Fair. Mm-hmm. Well, America takes on Amer- um, Paris's World's Fair. And ends up being four times bigger than the Paris World's Fair. Wow. Yes. Go um, big or go to Chicago. What makes a fair a World's Fair? So I will go into that. Okay. Yeah. So many prominent civic professional and commercial leaders from around the United States participated in the financing coordination and management of the fair which makes sense it was a lot of fucking wealthy people trying to like showcase america to make Mm -hmm. more money Mm -hmm. so they obviously wanted to be a part of it 
Um, the fair was planned in the early 1890s during the Gilded Age of rapid industrial growth, immigration, and class tension. So there are some tidbits that um, go along with that um, as far as like the visitation and stuff like that. Civic leaders in St. Louis, New York City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, so those four cities, expressed interest in hosting the fair to generate profits, boost real estate values, and promote their cities. So in those specific areas, they wanted to be the people to, to yeah. have the fair hosted. But Congress was called upon to decide the final location. And uh, when they were called, New York ended up um, having its financiers, financiers, I guess, uh, J.P. Morgan, Cornelius Vanderbilt, and William Waldorf Astor, among others, pledged $15 million to finance the fair if Congress awarded the fair's grounds to be in New York. While Chicagoans, Chicagoans, however you pronounce that, Chicagoans. Chica Chicagoans. Chicago Bills. Chicago Bills. Um, well, um, the folks in Chicago, Charles T. Charles T. Yerkes, Marshall Field, Yerkes. Philip Armour, Gustavus Swift, and Cyrus McCormick, more McCormick <laughs> offered to finance the whole fair. So or New York was like 15 million and Chicago was just like literally any expense that it takes will finance it. But what finally persuaded Congress um, that Chicago uh, was a better decision for the location was banker Lyman Gage raised several million dollars in a 24 hour period over and above New York's final offer. Damn. Yeah, so they were fucking serious about getting this fucking fair. Is McCormick the same McCormick that makes spices? I don't think so. He was a banker, not a spicer. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he became a spicist. A, a, a spice scientist. Maybe he was a spicy banker. He might have been a spicy banker. Um, the board supervising the fair invented invented. A lot of shit, but they invited, excuse me, Frederick Law Olmsted, who is America's uh, premier landscape architect, to develop a site and plan for the fair. Which, like, thinking about it now, do we have a premier architect? Is there, like, one fucking architect in America that they're like, we must have James P. Sullivan? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um... No, but it's probably a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, it, so yeah, at this time though, there was there just probably like, weren't as many like, because now it's like there are like five buildings going up every other day. Yeah. So it's like there's, there's it's a lot more efficient to build things and a lot easier, and there's a lot more like real estate. So I feel like there's just like a shit ton of them, and there probably are like a handful that are like the renowned people, but I don't know enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So America's premier landscape architect. He was to develop a site and plan for the fair in Chicago. So Olmsted chose Jackson Park on Lake Michigan as the location of the fair. And rather than design a landscape, Olmsted and his partner Harry Codman conceived of a spectacular seascape because this was to commemorate the four hundredth anniversary of the arrival of the folks, the Europeans, whatever the fuck they were. Shark Boy and Lava Girls. Yes. Um, it shows you how much I know about fucking anything. 
Um, so along with the, the lake itself, a series of artificial pools and canals would contrast with islands and raised terraces for the buildings. So it would be like an entire like full like terrain. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, Daniel Hudson Burnham, the chief of construction for the fair, enthusiastically adopted this proposal to make it a seascape rather than just a landscape. And Burnham suggested that the greatest American architects of the time contributes designs for the buildings. So even though he was the premier architect, they were like, this is going to be a big fucking fair. Let's have all of the architects. <laughs> so All two of them. All, yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's invite the other one. <laughs> That's the way the other guy. Um, so we have Richard Morris Hunt, who built the facade of the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Charles McKim, who built the New York Public Library. Robert Peabody and George B. Post, who built the New York Times building. Sorry, my therapist is calling me for some Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and Henry... Van Brunt, Louis Sullivan, and William LeBaron Jenny, who built the Home Insurance Building of Chicago among the first buildings with a steel skeleton. Sweet. Yes. A lot of um, accomplished folks there. Yes. Yeah. So they, yeah, and they were like, get him over here. So the sculptor and artist director of the fair, Augustus St. Gaudens, or I think it's like Song Gaudon or whatever. Song Gaudon. Song Gaudon. Uh, oversaw the decorative program of the fair, which included works by Daniel Chester French, who later created the statue of Lincoln for the President's Memorial, which is, I just found that super fucking fascinating, and also the Impressionist painter Mary Cassatt. Cool. Um, the fair was to be a prototype of what Burnham and his colleagues thought a a city should be. It was designed to follow Beaux Arts principles of design, namely neoclassical architectural architecture principles based on symmetry, balance, and splendor. Splendor. Gotta have splendor. Gotta have splendor. Um, and as I just mentioned in the beginning, there is a book about the Chicago World's Fair called Devil in the White City. And you might be wondering, why the heck is it called the White City? And it's because the color of the material generally used to cover the building's facades gave the fair its nickname. Because they were white. It became the White City. Um, the plan offered Chicago a blueprint for growth and influenced city planning around the world. The way that they were actually, like, building the landscape and everything. Quote, the influence of the exposition on architecture will be to inspire a reversion toward the pure ideal of the ancient, Burnham wrote. Sweet. When the architects met in Chicago in 1891 to share their designs with one another, Olmsted noted, quote, the general camaraderie and fervor of the artists was delightful to witness and more delightful to fall into. I just picture like a bunch of white dudes in, in like a high rise office building, just continually like shaking each other's hands, <laughs> just come back and forth for a really long time. That's what I picture in any high rise building that I look at. <laughs> Yeah, any floor like above, I don't know what's a high, what's a the middle of a building up. It's just different conference rooms of white dudes shaking each other's hands. Yeah, it's true. They just take the elevators to different floors and just shake everybody's shake, yeah. hand. 
That's their whole, that's their eight hours of work per day. Uh, they probably don't put in eight hours. Honey, you have no idea how many hands I shook today. I, I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Oh. Um, so St. Gaudens, the art director boy guy thing, compared the group to the Italian Renaissance geniuses who built Florence, saying, quote here, old quote, excuse me, quote, look here, old fellow. Do you realize that this is the greatest meeting of artists since the 15th century? He thinks very highly of these folks. Yes, he does. And himself. What happened in the 15th century? 15th century was the Renaissance. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the Ninja Turtles. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, Don Matteo. What's another one? Leonardo DiCaprio? No, I I meant to mispronounce that. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Uh, Sabaro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Um, the exposition covered 690 acres or 2.8 squared kilometers, and it featured nearly 200 new but deliberately temporary buildings. Of predominantly neoclassical architecture, as I said, um, canals and lagoons, and people and cultures from 46 countries. And I'm so fucking pissed. I googled high and fucking low. There was nowhere that listed the 46 countries. Weird. Yeah. So take my word for it, I guess. Take the internet's word for it. But this, I wanted to show you this souvenir map. Um, because it gives like an outline. This was the square mm-hmm. of the two two point five square kilometers of the um, party 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 exposition. It's huge. Yeah, very big. Um, each country built exhibits and pavilions and named national delegates uh, to help um, the like construction of their pavilions and stuff. So for example, Haiti selected Frederick Douglass to be its delegate, who was a civil rights leader. Mm-hmm. The seascape con- conception, conception? Yeah, <laughs> worked beautifully. Newly designed electric boats, quieter and smaller than steam powered boats, carried fair goers around the site, which was like something that they'd never seen before. There were also Venetian gondolas, a Norwegian Viking ship, a Japanese dragon boat, and replicas of Christopher Columbus's ships, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. The World's Fair Steamship Company ran ferries from Midtown to the ferry with live music on board and the best view of Chicago, available for 15 cents. Party yachts. Party yachts. 15 cents. Party yachts. 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 There it is. <laughs> Yada 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 yada. Okay, so more than 27 million people attended the exposition during its six month run. Shit. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. Its scale and grandeur far exceeded the other world's fairs and it became a symbol of the emerging American exceptionalism, which is what I wanted to say literally leading up to this this whole time. America was sucking its own dip dick to really just dip dick, dip dick to show the rest of the world that America is superior. Huh. Um, yeah, super fucked up. Well, Sounds how, really American. How times have changed. <laughs> Sounds about white. Dedication ceremonies for the fair were held on October 21st, 1892, but the fairgrounds didn't actually open to the public until May 1st, 19, or 1893. Did I say 1992? I meant 1892. I did. 
Um, the fair continued until October 30th, 1893. And I wanted to figure out like how long it took to, to construct the actual fair. So the, sorry, let me look at this. Ba, 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 ba. So Christopher Columbus's arrival was in 1492. 82, 92, 92. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah, you get it. It's 80, all fake anyway. Whatever. Um, so the... Fair was actually like bid and proposed in 1882 for to mark the actual centennial of it, mm-hmm. um, but they were only granted like the go ahead in 1890. So obviously, it was like a while later, and then they opened on May 1st, 1893. So the whole fair itself took three years to build. Obviously. Long time. Yeah, but they basically built like a temporary. Entire city. City amusement park thing. Yeah. On October 9th, 1893, the day designated as Chicago Day, the fair set a world record for outdoor event attendance, drawing 7,000, nope, 751,026 people in one day to one fair. Fuck. Yeah. The Columbian Exposition's gross cost was $28,340,700, so $28 million, which is $714,316,626 today, of which $18,678,000 was spent on grounds and buildings. There were some 21.5 million paid admissions to the exposition and an actual total attendance, which I already said. So including the free admissions, there were more than 27 million people. So I did want to give you a little image to show you just like how fucking crowded it was. These are like just all people. Pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. Nope. Um, Nope. So, yeah, so that number, the 27 million is astounding today. Like, that's a lot of fucking people in six months to draw. But even more so when you consider that the population of the United States at that time was only 63 million people. So, like, half of those people want. Imagine half of America going somewhere at the same time. Yeah. What would that be now? That'd be Be a disgusting amount of people. No, thank you. And but, 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 but. So it's, yeah, it's astounding to think that that many people went considering the population, but also there was an economic depression at the time and families mortgaged farms and houses or borrowed on their life insurance just to visit this fair. It's just a fair. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Like this is, they probably, like it was probably worth it. (laughs) I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they got to try PBR for the first time. So, I mean, the PBR. The PBR. So, I mean, yeah, worth it. So, I did want to give a couple of uh, fun tidbits about the visitation. Helen Keller, along with her mentor, Ann Sullivan, and Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, visited the fair in the summer of 1893. And? People slamming doors. I guess it kind of is fitting for this, but serial killer H.H. Holmes attended the fair with two of his eventual victims, Annie and Minnie Williams. Spooky. 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 
So the cash balance remaining at closing was $446,832 or 13 million, around $13 million today, making it the first American international exposition to close with a profit. Wow. And it made $13 million. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad for a day's work. It did spend $714 million, though, but still, still. They made all of that back plus 13 in today's money. It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. The millions of visitors who came to Chicago during the fair took home new ideas in commerce, industry, technology, and entertainment. They crossed paths with others from around the world and walked away with a new perspective on Chicago. So that is the fair for you. And next, we're going to jump into buildings and attractions. Do you want to take a break? I do. Okay. I would like to pee and grab a brew. Okay. That sounds good. Cold brew for my boob. Perfect. And we're back. We back and 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 we back. My God, it smells like beer. It tastes like it too. It does taste like beer. Wow. Wow. Would you look at that? Oh, wow. Um, for those of you listening, I am uh, saving money currently. So um, my rule, I'm saving money for a specific reason. I'm, I need to buy a new computer because mine is garbage. So um, my, one of my, basically my only rule throughout this saving period is um, don't buy alcohol. So I'm not buying beer. So um, I rely on these filming sessions because Sergio is buying beer to have my beer. So um, this is a special moment for me. Sergio's like, everyone to know. Should I buy stuff for tonight? And then he's like, I think I'm going to buy something. And Ethan's like, yes, thank you. But to be clear, I'm being good. I had backups. I had non-alcoholic beverages in the fridge. He was a water backups. He literally had a tonic water backup and a sparkling water backup. Yep. Did you think I was going to buy beer? I thought just in case you don't want to spend money. That's true. I don't have any money right now. It's like I don't want to make you... So it's like if you want to buy a beer for us. Even then, though you've been working every single day of the week for the past two weeks. Everything's on a net 60 right now, so I'm poor for now. What does just, that mean? You just bought a... I get paid in 60 days. Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to be so fucking rich in 60 days. <laughs> um, he also just bought like a $250 table. I did. For, for his computer or for his thing. For his photography. It's a work, it's a work expense. Sure. But it's essentially uh, I'm offended that you know more about his purchases than I do. Well, he told me. I mean, you were here, weren't you? Maybe. You were sitting, I think I'm I was tuning sure. everything out. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> sitting, I'm offended that you know more about his life. I'm like, you were right here. I'm like, we talk every day. It's fine. You just weren't listening. Yeah, you, y'all talk every day. Like, well, I mean, I talk to Sergio pretty much every day, too. Just not in depth. So you can tell we're pro- either both are, like, having a bad day or, like, a really... Tired or hangover day when we don't, it's like it's been eight hours since you replied or whatever. Yeah. So, should I just basically um, share memes and. It's basically all this is. And movie reviews. Yeah. And I always have the wrong review. I always say everything's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything's good. We but basically every, everything's fine, just, though. like tell each other to get face tats back and forth because there's a face tat Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Can you grab me the ottoman? I meant to ask when we were on a break. The ottoman. The ottoman. The ottoman. Are we not filming right now? We are. 
Oh, are we supposed to? Are we? We are. Yeah. I am. I mean, okay. Yeah. Gonna... I'm recording. Oh, I meant I'm, I'm not supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to. Okay. Yeah, we're filming. This is live. So live and in studio. Live and in studio. Um. Oh, okay. That wasn't my therapist that called earlier. It was a guy about a puppy. It was a guy about a puppy. So I'm um, hoping that he calls. Sounds catchy. So if he does call back and we have like a weird break, it's because of that. But um, it's also 7.40 now. But I did email him. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm excited. That's all I wanted to say. Buildings and attractions? Attractions and buildings. Okay. So. Sorry. The Court of Honors Buildings. The what? The Court of Honors Buildings. Served as exhibition halls, housing the newest inventions and appliances for the home and farm, many of them powered by electricity. Whoa. So, electricity had been introduced and exploited at the Paris Exposition of 1889, but in 1893, it was still, like, unfamiliar to most Americans. Like, they didn't really know what electricity was. So, the exhibits, excuse me, featured electric incubators for chicken eggs, electric chairs for executions. This was the first introduction of that. An electric sidewalk, an early fax machine that sent pictures over telegraph lines, electric irons, sewing machines, and laundry machines, and this one was my favorite, Thomas Edison's kinetoscope, which was the uh, technically the first motion picture. So you know in Bioshock- when This you is a to- bitch. He didn't invent the motion picture. Sorry, that's all I gotta say. I'm really, I'm really passionate about that story. Okay. Well, you should do that at some point. It's a big story. You should do it. It's not, it's not a fun fact story. That was story. It's, a, it's a big thing. I'm assuming someone else invented the motion picture and Thomas Edison- Louis Le Prince. He was French. Fuck the French. I'm fine saying that Thomas Edison did it. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, anyway, you know in Bioshock? I think he was French. I don't know what he was, actually. Infinite. When you go up to like the little things, when you get your like flasks of different powers or whatever that you have, and then you go up to like the little like picture boxes where yeah. you like put your eyes in. That's what it was. That's a kinetoscope. So like they're kiosks uh, where yeah. you go up and you like. Yeah. What? I think you're thinking of a kaleidoscope. What did you want? What was this? Wait, isn't it spin? Yeah. Yeah, like the things in, there's a bunch of them in Culver City. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. What spins? Is that what you're, isn't that what, are we talking about the same thing? I'm talking about something totally stationary. It's like a little kiosk and it has basically like, like a binocular thing and you like walk up to it and you put your head in and you like just see. Yeah, yeah, but, but what the inside saying? is spinning. Inside it's spinning different pictures. That's why it looks like it's moving. Yeah. Yeah, they have those in Culver City around the, the city by the like the downtown area. Like yeah. Yes. But those, yes. yeah, the ones there, you can, you, they're manual. You spin them yourself to see the, the motion. I'm okay. sure there were. Yeah. So I love that there was like a, a murder machine in the middle of everything. Oh, here's an electric chair. Yeah, I know. We just invented electricity. Also, can we talk about the side? What the fuck is an electric sidewalk? I'll tell you in a yes. second. <laughs> what literally like we're we just we just invented electricity what can we kill. build out of it yeah something to kill people with because hanging isn't enough okay anyway um an electric sidewalk is a uh what is it called what is it called it's a something later it's a like a move later what is it called move later no Walk-a-later. remember what it's it's a tignataro joke She's just like, I was on a thingy thing, and she's like, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll give you a hint. 
I was moving but standing still. Like it's one of the like Skateboard. in the airport. Oh, those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those were invented back then? Yeah. For what? Lazy people. It's when America started getting fat. What? But it actually it did help like move people around the fair. Wow, it was the introduction of electric sidewalks and PBR. That's the downfall. straight up started obesity. <laughs> that's that's oh also started. I'm going to get to this, but brownies were the were first uh oh. shared at oh. <laughs> the Chicago. All our problems started here. Yeah. This fucking fair. For thirteen million dollars. Chicago! God damn you, Chicago. <laughs> Sorry for any Chicago Indian listeners. Chicago Knights. Chicago Knights. Chicago Whites. Chicago Whites. Chicago Whites, am I right? Chicago Whites. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. The fairgoers were even unfamiliar with the light bulb. Mm -hmm. So they were completely just like in awe when Mm -hmm. the Court of Honor was lit at night. Lit. Yeah. (laughs) That makes more sense about like how important this was for people like to go to yeah that makes more sense yep yeah and we'll get okay oh sorry uh we kind of already did get to it it's a world's fair because the 46 countries came to like yeah yeah build their their own thing so it's yeah it's it is supposed to be like honoring different parts of the world um yeah which fun fact um walt disney's dad worked on part of the fair and that is what inspired Epcot. Cool. It was the World's Fair. I yeah. did know that. You did know that? Mm-hmm. Have I told you that? I don't know. I think I've told you that because I thought that was like the best. That is one of the things from the No, book. I, lis- I listened to a Time Suck episode. Gotcha. Of the World's Fair. Oh, so I shouldn't have done that. I don't retain information. I, I don't know most. I, yeah, I don't know most of what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So. But I did know that fun fact. Performances of classical music were scheduled for the buildings of the Court of Honor. However, the court was having trouble competing with the Midway. So the concerts weren't really attended, which the Midway was like the part that was like islands and fairies and all that good stuff. Got it. So Theodore Thomas, the fair's musical director, resigned halfway through the exposition because he was like, me, they're not coming to listen to me. But he recommended that, quote, for the remainder of the fair, music shall not figure as an art at all, but be treated merely on the basis of an amusement, which is like kind of what music is now anyway. I mean, I know that it is an art form and like there are still symphonies and stuff like that, but, but anyway. Um, so to solve this problem, the Court of Honor started featuring John Philip Sousa marches, which were like, you know, like, like drum marches. Yeah. Um, donkey races, boat and swim races in the lagoon, international tug of war contests, tightrope walking, and parachute drops. I would watch a tug of war competition. I would love that. Just a country versus country, just tug of war? I mean, yeah. why isn't tug of war in the Olympics? That should be an Olympic sport. Bro, it should be. Also, I loved the tug of war, and it takes two. You just fall into a hole. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, like, the hardest game. Yeah, it's you just, like, click Y as fast as you can, yeah. and whoever, like, and wh- clicks whoever, Y faster. Yeah, whoever, like, more. by, like, a millisecond slows down, like, basically loses. Yeah, and it's pulled so far. It's, like, yeah. you're both basically, like, neck and neck, and then you skip, like, one, and you're, like, halfway there yeah. already. It's, it's so like a straight man. We were just, like... <laughs> this is making me want to play Mario Party. 
I'll get Mario Party. That's Smash. literally what it was like, except it was just for two people. I was so fucking happy with all of the mini games and shit like that. Okay, anyway, so I'm just never gonna stop talking about this game. Um, the Midway's most outstanding feature was George Washington Gale Ferris's say that name five times fast. Gigantic wheel ride, which was the first Ferris wheel ever built. What are you doing? We're saying yeah, we're saying oh, my Got it. And then I started saying gigantic wheel ride. So that's, that's a fun phrase. Gigantic wheel ride. Yes. That's so, what they should call them. They should just go away from Ferris wheels and start calling them gigantic wheel rides. This is it. Mm-hmm. It looks, you know, just like a normal Ferris wheel. Yeah. It was it's not big. a normal Ferris wheel. I will tell you why. Did it come off the thing and just roll around the fair? No, but that'd be super sick. <laughs> but there was, so this is in my notes. So when it was being constructed, it was like basically halfway done to being constructed. And they thought it took so much steel. I think it was steel to build this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And they thought that it was going to be like unstable. And I think it was actually more than halfway done. Because they started thinking that the top was going to be, like, too heavy or whatever, and it was going to fall over. Um, And then there was this huge sudden windstorm that swept over, like, right by, like, Jackson Park. And it was so strong that it shattered the windows of a lot of the buildings, and they had to, like, completely rebuild those. There were a lot of really fucked up things that happened during the construction that, like, they were like, we don't even know if we're going to be able to do this. And they did make it happen, obviously, but it was really fucked up. But they were, like convinced like 100% that the Ferris wheel was going to fall and it was already like twice the size of a normal Ferris wheel um and it didn't it stood completely strong literally nothing happened it did not waver at all so it was great oh yeah so don't call it the windy city for nothing they didn't have this did they have Ferris wheels before like with that electricity no so this this was the the first first Ferris Ferris wheel wheel ever. ever yeah oh interesting yeah so the I will show you it. Did I not just show you it? I did just I think show you. I think you did. But okay. Yeah. How many people per? So per, I would, Okay. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. This was a direct response to Gustav Eiffel's Tower for Paris in 1889. Um, the attraction featured a 140 foot high or 140 foot hood. Hood of hood. Hood of it. 140 foot high towers. And a 250-foot diameter wheel whose apex brought riders to a point higher than the crown of the Statue of Liberty. The wheel has 36 cars. Really fucking high, right? Yes. (laughs) I don't think I've ever... I've never been to the Statue of Liberty, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty fucking high. How high is the average Ferris wheel? Okay, 40 feet. This was 250 feet. Yeah, fuck that. I wouldn't get on that thing. That's... Yeah. It's it's huge. These are huge buildings. No, yeah, I, I, but without, like... There's no, like, a real, like, frame of reference in the photo. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm trying to say, like, these are really, like, yeah. big buildings. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking huge. So, um, the wheel had 36 cars, uh-huh. each of which could carry... Can you estimate how many people it could carry? I would say, fuck it, that's a really big, uh, like, 12 to 16. Okay. Sergio, do you have a guess of how many people? Sorry, I was looking up how many stories that would be, like a normal building. It would be a 22-story building. That's so big. <laughs> that's so big. 
Um, Sorry. How many mentioned? people per cart? There are 36 cars in a 250-foot diameter wheel. 20. I feel like it's a lot more. 100. No, that's too much. <laughs> I'm going... 30. 30. Final answer. 30. Okay. And yours was? 12, 12 to 16. 40 people per car. 40? I read 60 I when I, I was reading the book. They said 60 people. They said they were about the size of a small ballroom. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I wonder how much money I would have to get paid to get in there because there's no way. <laughs> how much were they paying? Yeah, people so, paid to go to fuck that. For 50 cents each, 1.4 million riders went for two revolutions on the Ferris wheel. How much is that in today's money? That I wouldn't pay fifty cents in today's money. Seven hundred thousand dollars in today's money. No, I mean <laughs> fifty cents is exactly what it's at. Oh, Damn. you were asking how much one point four million riders is probably about no, how much fifteen is 50 million cents? riders today. <laughs> <laughs> how much is that in dog years? <laughs> Uh, how, long, how long did it take for one revolution? Did you know? Did oh you know? no, I did not look that up. That would have been a good one. Thirty days. Um, fifteen cents in uh. 18. Is it fifty cents or fifteen cents? Fifty. Fifteen cents to ride the boat. Fifty cents to ride the Ferris wheel. Yeah. How much is fifty cents? I know. I'm going. I'm going. Oh, okay. I wouldn't get in a normal size Ferris wheel. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay fifteen dollars to get on that. I probably definitely would. I definitely would. I would one hundred percent do that. It's like that's too high. You know, I actually don't know if y'all have these things at your Six Flags, but they're like the like rides that you have to pay twenty dollars to be on instead of like like you are you're already in the park and you have to pay twenty dollars to get on them, and it's like absolutely not. Never heard what of a that scam. before. Scam. Bullshit. How good is this ride? Do you die? <laughs> you die. It's basically, so yeah. So this there was one where it's like probably like. 40 foot poles and then there are two like bungee cords that lead oh, into a little yeah, ball yeah. and they launch I think you. We do, have that. do you have to pay for it though? I don't know. They definitely that. have that but yeah that, that's $20 or whatever so to pay for extra? I already fucking paid to be there. Why did I just bring that up? I have no idea. Because you said you would pay $15 to go on that thing and I said I wouldn't and you said that. Yeah, yeah I also have not ever paid $15. Oh that's what I was going to say because like something like that it's like that to me has the same kind of like effect as like bungee jumping or like yeah, like the big like drop swings that they do. Yeah, um, like I get like paying for an experience like that. Like if you come from like some other place in the in the U.S. and you go here, where like this new things. Yeah, maybe like us paying to go to a amusement park. Yeah, but it, but this was a new, this was brand new, and right. it was temporary. It's like a whole experience. It's like wait, was there? Yeah. There was an admission fee though, wasn't there? No, there was no admission fee. No, oh, uh, like, oh wait, no, there was. There was. There was. That there was hundred percent was. There definitely was an admission. Was it the fifteen cents? I think that was fifteen cents. No. Oh okay. no, that was to take the um like midway got it mid city boat to the got it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry, I am misspeaking. There was definitely an admission fee. I do not know how much it was, but there were also plenty of free visitors. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, um, a year... Ferris wheel is like the most interesting part. I'm sorry. Oh, it absolutely is. 100% <laughs> like all of this shit 
fucking Ferris wheel. Like even going there, it's such, it's the only thing you're looking at. Yeah. So. Well, it's fucking like 40 times the size of anything else that's there. So. 100%. <laughs> a New York, New York entrepreneur ordered a half-sized wheel for his park in Coney Island, telling a reporter, we Americans want either to be thrilled or amused and are ready to pay well for either sensation. Wrong. <laughs> I'll pay triple. <laughs> I do like Ferris wheels, though. I honestly don't give a shit about Ferris wheels. I think they're free. I There was one at, like, a fair. It's relaxing. There's, like... Oh, I mean, there are fairs that you go to, like, like county fair. Have you ever been to a county fair? Yeah. So you get, like, tickets. You have to, like, go buy tickets or whatever. And then, yeah. like, each ride on the Ferris wheel is, like, so many tickets or whatever. Yeah. But that's, you're not paying to get into the fair. You're just, like, there. Yeah. Um, that's fun. But I honestly, I've never been in, like, a two-person one. Like, the ones that you see in the movies that are, like, just a bar across your lap. I'm all, I've always been in ones that are, like, a little. Like a cage? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I've been on both. Two. I've never been on one. But I hate Ferris wheels because I hate the fact of knowing I can't just leave. Oh, you can. In a Ferris wheel? Yeah, you just probably won't survive most of the time. That's (laughs) true. I would like to survive most of my The one in uh, Disney's California Adventure is a cage. That's the only one I've ever been in that's like a actual cage. Even at the moves, huh? Like moves. Yeah, yeah, and like those, those yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, what that? I'm saying. That's that's the that's only reason worse. why I like Ferris wheels is because you can like swing in them. But I, and I've never been in one of the. I don't know if they have those anymore. The two people seaters ones, or like the other yeah, the open ones. Yeah. I don't know if they had used them anymore. Because I yeah. Because I feel like people, <laughs> they're probably just like yeah, people are gonna jump. I think Santa Monica Pierce has it. Like it's is it really is it? I think it's like a normal I don't like know. the normal like the original like. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been on a first one since. I, I do remember the last one I was on. I was, it was in Seattle. Ted, Ted made me go on one at the pier. Oh. The last one I went on, I remember Foster the People was playing. And it was probably in 2016 or 17. Um, but we were at a, like a county fair with Dominique and I were with our friend Joe. And we like went on one in like, the little cage thing. And then it was 2017 because then Joe was like, why the fuck is Foster the People playing in 2017? <laughs> nice. And we got maple flavored ice cream. I think ironically, I paid $15 to go on that Ferris wheel. That's $15? In, in Seattle. Oh my God. Oh, it's in a pier, on a pier. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like an iconic thing, I guess. I don't know. Also, I think I lied. I think the Santa Monica has like a little teacup thing where it's like four people. Oh, like, yeah. I just remember. Was a thing too. Hmm. Anyway. Shit, dude. Teacups? Shit, dude. Not in, like, on Ferris wheels, but teacups, like the speed Yeah. Favorite ride of all time. I cannot tell you how much I fucking love teacups. I had a really big fear of being dizzy as a kid. I don't know why. It was, like, it, like, was a very terrible fear. God, I learn something new about you every day. <laughs> Do you? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. It's always a very good day when I learn something new about But I had a really big fear of being dizzy for some reason. Cause I, I don't know, in my, in my child brain, I was just like, one day I'm just going to be dizzy and it's never going to stop and I'm just going to be dizzy forever. <laughs> and I don't know, that just terrified me. And it still kind of does to this day. Like, I hate the thought of having vertigo. Like, as an, like an actual condition that you just have all the time or like get 
frequently. Were we together when I used to get really bad vertigo? No. Yeah, I used to because like they say you like have to like lay down really fast. It was it was when I lived in my apartment that we lived in, in Got Denver. It. Got but, it. Yeah. Not no, fun, like the thought of it makes, but yeah, yeah, the thought of that still kind of freaks me out because then, I don't know, I don't know much about vertigo. I should, I, I'm afraid to look it up because it scares me. My roommate gets it, and one point she had it for like a whole month. This sounds like the worst yeah, thing that, in the, like, world. the long term part is what scares me because that was my fear as a kid, like yeah. having long term like dizziness. It sounds terrible. <laughs> but there are sounds- things that you can do with um, physical therapy that actually like super help with it. And again, there's like the trick if it's if you're having it and immediate releases. Um, like on the side that you have vertigo or whatever, you like lay down really fast on that side because it recalibrates your inner ear to get you to have balance again. Well, I mean, just the possibilities. Like, the, I had a fear of being dizzy, so it's like way, so you didn't like teacups, I think. <laughs> so no, I would every time I would go on those rides and like you know you just spin the big wheel in the middle to do it. I would like push the other way as a kid. Yeah, I would pretend I was spinning, but I would actually be like holding and like trying not to spin it. <laughs> Just so it would slow down a little bit, and I would just like no one ever really caught on because everyone else was like trying to spin. Right. And I was just like, "Oh, fucking stop, dude!" Oh, we so bad. Fucking my mom when I was like five, I think we went to our Six Flags is called Elitch Gardens because it's literally on a block called Elitch Gardens in Denver. Um, so we went to Elitch's and we went on the teacups when I was five, and she, my mom fucking loves teacups <laughs> so it's like everybody else is with their like little teeny tiny kids and they were like doing you know like the whatever and my mom was like no <laughs> like and it was like the first time i had ever like been like spun so fast that i like had to do like i was just pushed against yeah and i think that that's like what's like sealed it for me i was like this is the most fun. I, hated- I think it's the most adrenaline i'd ever felt as a tiny five-year-old <laughs> i hated getting on getting on those rides with like the one kid who would just like hit his fucking stride and he's just like kind of smacking it at a certain point. It's, <laughs> it's spinning so fast. He's just like laughing, like scream laughing, just like hitting it. I'm just like, there's no way I'm fucking stopping this thing. I'm I'm spinning to the You're goddamn- going with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I'm spinning it. to the goddamn moon now. I'm going to burn my hands trying to slow this thing down. Where's <laughs> your that gate, the red, like the UFO thing or whatever? You just, just yeah. visual thing? Did you ever go in that? No, fuck no. I did it a couple times and I was Same. like, Oh no, no I love that. I never did like the like walk up the wall or like oh, yeah, those, like down or whatever. Freak kids just like oh I'm walking. It's just yeah. spider kids walking around, yeah. just like holding on with your life. Yeah, no. yeah. No. There were also I don't know if these if like this was if this is universal on those things, but the like um you're sitting against. Yeah, we have a universal. It's in Studio City. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Sorry. <laughs> um. The like you sit against a pallet and then each person is on their own pallet and yeah. then like the pallets move up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Never went on those. I never. So I I tried to avoid anything that would spin. I didn't like it. I don't love it now, but I'm like okay with it. There's a ride at. Like, I can do teacups now. There's a ride at Elitch's that is like you're sitting. You're sitting. Okay. There's like a thing, like a like a thing and then there's a circle around it and on the outside of the circle there are seats uh-huh and then the thing just swings and yeah. it's spinning at the same time yeah, yeah that thing got it you, it's like a pendulum but like you sit on it and, yeah, it spins. and it spins yeah would you do that no <laughs> like i would but like if i had a choice no like i what about the half pipe which is basically the same thing like the same structure of the little like circle thing except you're going up and uh, down a half pipe and it's spinning the whole time that's literally the same thing. Kind of. It's a little bit Is different. Is there just a half pipe underneath me? I don't understand. Yeah. 
No, it's terrible. It's you're like, just, it's you're literally the same ride. being swung or you're on a track. Oh. Those are the two different things. Does it feel different? No, pass. No. Probably not. I don't even like the like the pirate ship. <gasps> what? That was literally going to be my next question. I went on a pirate ship in Mexico, and it was the jankiest thing, sketchiest thing ever. The bar was like up here, falling off, and the, and the the ship would like swing, but like almost like over, so you're like facing down. It was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I thought I was going to die. Oh my god, no! I love that. It was some random corner, like they just like put yeah. a little fair and like. They bought like a a swing from like the eighteen hundreds or something. It's like know. a decommission. Yeah, <laughs> hundred year old. Yeah, swing. Did not... they, dude, they bought the fucking pirate ride that was debuted at the World's Fair. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it was. <laughs> wow, you're a part of history. I am history. <laughs> you are a part of his story. Nice. Thank you. Um. Wow. Is that why they call it history? Dun dun. Sure. Dun dun. dun. <laughs> This is God's story. Okay, anyway, so other performers included the escape artist, Harry Houdini. You broke my brain with that one. I'm sorry. I'm just like, wait. Um, Harry Houdini. Yeah. Went to the World's Fair. Ragtime pianist Scott Joplin and Buffalo Bill Cody and his Wild West show, which there was like hella drama trying to get fucking Buffalo Bill there. Like it was like crazy drama, but they finally got him there. It was like a lot of people were going to come for him. And then he was like, no, I'm not going to come. And then finally he was like, fine, fine, I'll come or whatever. But anyway, he showed up. It's great. Sick. There were also beauty, conte- beauty contests, dwarf elephants, a two-headed pig, boxing m- matches, excuse me, and Hindu jugglers. So that, in that regard, it was definitely like a fair fair. Like, yeah. You know, like a cat. So, um, among other attractions at the fair, several products that are well-known today were introduced. These products included juicy fruit gum, brownies, Hershey's chocolate, which was Hershey, the guy, you know, so-and-so Hershey, had a caramel factory before that, or like a caramel business before that, and he debuted uh, chocolate at the fair. Uh-huh. So, that's that introduced Hershey's chocolate, cream of wheat, and Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, among many others. And truly, the fair just debuted some of the world's most revolutionary. Truly was there? (laughs) Truly's from the fair? (laughs) Sorry. Literally the dumbest joke you've ever made, and I'm kind of mad at you. (laughs) Sergio liked it. I love that. (laughs) The fair debuted some of the world's most revolutionary inventions and concepts known to mankind. Yeah. The electric chair. So I'm on to another section. Do you want to take a break? I just want to grab a beer. So I mean, yeah, we can take a break. We don't have to I stop have to filming. Pee. Okay, let's take a take a wee break. Okay, cool. Welcome back to the podcast. Here's a crack for your pod ass. Oh no, I spilled it. I got a droplet on the chair. I'll clean it up. All right. Where are we at, Junie? Some racist shit, of course. They don't call it the white city for nothing. That's the heading of this section. <laughs> oh, did not see that one coming. So. Did not see that one coming. Nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
International exhibits included German and Irish villages, mosques, a Cairo street, a Native American reservation, half-naked Dahomean villagers, and Algerian belly dancers. But there was no acknowledgement of the more than 8 million African Americans. Civil rights leaders protested the refusal to include African American exhibits. Uh, Frederick Douglass, Ida B. Wells, Urban Garland Penn, and Ferdinand Lee Barnett co-authored a pamphlet entitled, quote, The Reason Why the Colored American is Not in the World's Columbian Exposition, the Afro-American's Contribution to Columbian Literature, unquote, which addressed the issue that African-Americans were not allowed a place in the World's Fair. Civil rights leader Frederick Douglass himself complained that the only examples of African culture on display were the villagers from Dahomey. So there were there was African representation, but there was not African-American representation. And even though there was African representation, it was very minimal. So he organized a colored people's day at the fair and was jeered at and ridiculed for it initially, but then he spoke. The exposition was, among other purposes, the largest reconciliatory event since the Civil War, held while lynching was on the rise in the South. Douglas said, quote, we Negroes love our country. We fought for it. We ask only that we be treated as well as those who fought against it, unquote. Well said. Similarly, the Native American exhibits organized by the curator of Peabody Museum of Harvard University were criticized by one of the staff members because they were, quote, used to work up sentiment against the, it says the bad word, but I'm just going to say Native American, against the Native American by showing that he is either savage or can be educated only by government agencies. Every means was used to keep the self-civilized Native Americans out of the fair. So that curator was fired. Good. Bad bitch. Boy, bye. Um, according to the University of Notre Dame history professor Gail Betterman, in her 1995 text, Manliness and Civilization, she writes, quote, the white city with its vision of future perfection and of the advanced racial power of manly commerce and technology constructed civilization as an ideal of white male power. Hmm. But that's the end of the section, so it was fun. <laughs> it's, 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 rid yourself of them depressions, mate, time. Yeah. Okay. Need, need some of them Schmitty's little helpers. Yes. Do need little helpers. Mm-hmm. All five of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm just about done. So the end of the fair is the next section. The fair ended with the city in shock as popular Mayor Carter Harrison Sr. was assassinated by Patrick Eugene Prendergast two days before the fair's closing. So closing ceremonies were canceled in favor of a public memorial service. When I was reading my notes back earlier, I was kind of rehearsing them because I didn't know how well this was all going to flow. So when I read this line, I said, as popular Mayor Carter Harrison, sir... (laughs) like wait senior <laughs> sir sir um he was a knight yes a very old knight a senior knight if you will nice <laughs> senior knight <laughs> senior knight also i always have this thing when i hear the name prendergast because there's prendergast there's 
Prendergast and there's Pendergast. And I hate that. I hate that there are all those names. Just pick one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Jackson Park was returned to its status as a public park in much better shape than its original swampy form. The lagoon was reshaped to give it a more natural appearance, which is so funny. They man, men reshaped it to make it look more natural. <laughs> that is the most human thing I've ever heard of in that my life. That doesn't make any sense. Except for the straight line northern end where it still laps up against the steps on the south side of the Palace of Fine Arts slash Museum of Science and Industry building. The World's Fair is mentioned in the University of Chicago's alma mater, saying, quote, The city white hath fled the earth, but where the azure water lies, a nobler city hath its birth, the city gray that shall never die. And my closing statement is that one farmer was overheard speaking to his wife as they left the fair, saying, quote, Well, Susan, it paid, even if it did take all the burial money, unquote. Damn. And that is the Chicago World's Fair. That's a lot. Yeah. Who cares when they bury when they're dead, right? right. Yeah. Exactly. Got to see a light bulb in the electrocutional chair. Got to see a light bulb. They probably got a, was it a pauper's grave? Like that. Is that what I'm thinking of? Probably. I just am not educated on anything. The... the it's like a no. I think it's P A U P P A U P. Popper's penguins. Popper's maybe I'm making it up. Maybe that's not the phrase. Is it Popper's funeral in the United Kingdom? A popper's funeral was the funeral for a popper paid for under the poor law. Yeah, it was. It's like a. It's like a city funeral. I guess it's like usually it happens a when a grave like, paid for at public expense because the deceased person's family could not afford a proper. proper yeah, I think funeral. every time I've heard it, it's usually like a, you know, like a unnamed, like an unknown person. No one was ever able to claim them, so they yeah. yeah, so they get like a just a generic whatever, put you in the ground funeral, unmarked grave. Yeah, that's probably what they got. All for a light bulb. Who fucking cares when they're six feet under? They care when they're, you know, here. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They saw the electric chair. Good for them. Yeah. Worth it. Totally worth it. All right. Totally worth it. Well, time for some some facts. Some magic. I'm going to take you down a rabbit hole that I went down. Is it actually going to be a rabbit hole? Like the rabbit hole? Yeah, it's about Alice in Wonderland. That's- no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Like a rabbit's hole? Ew. Gross. This house. Jerk. Oh, they can't the magician's hat. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Still sounded euphemistic. Oh. That magician's hat? Yeah. Huh? Gotta pay the toll. <laughs> Get into this boy's soul. Um, What's a boy's soul? (laughs) 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 Okay, so um, I'm going to start this off. Okay, I hope you do. And it's going to sound like I am researching something that's way 
way smarter and more serious than I would be researching. And we'll get to the part of how I got there. And it's far less um, exciting. No, it's, it's definitely Intense. more exciting to me. It's just far less um, extensive. Serious. Are we going to guess? Are you serious. Gonna exclude, or are we going straight into it? I mean, you can you can guess about what I'm going into. Um, you're not going to get it, but do you want to take a Can you of? imagine if one of us just said it the first fucking thing? It'd be crazy. Amelia, Amelia Earhart. That's a whole topic. <laughs> That's like a whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> Fine. Amelia Earhart's hat. <laughs> yes. Does she have a hat? I think she had the goggles thing like that. Uh, yeah. A little aviator cap. Probably. Yeah. Yes, it's about her cap. Oh, really? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, no. Nothing? No. Yeah, didn't think so. So. <laughs> now I have a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I'm also kind of having trouble. Generally, what, what this topic is. He's is... a little bit drunk. It's okay. No, that's not why I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble because, like I was telling you, uh, when I did my research, I started with something, and then it kind of took me down this weird rabbit hole where all these things kind of connected to each other. So I was trying to organize it. So what the general topic is, I guess, is uh, magnetoreception. The fuck does that mean? We're going to get into that. Magnets? No, it's Magneto from X-Men. Um, which is a Marvel reference. Marvel. What's up? Get his, it! His receptionist. He's his, yeah, Magneto's receptionist. <laughs> Got it. I'm in. Okay, so we're gonna start with dogs. Good old pups. Wait, dogs. I thought you said ducks. Not ducks. Me I too. love ducks too. too. You see that video? I saw it was like a TikTok. I saw it. Yes on- or no? He said ducks to begin with. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, I saw a video. On Instagram, he was a TikTok, but it was a guy with his little pet baby duck. And he was, it was the whole TikTok was how the duck's feet sound walking on different surfaces. I saw that. So he would walk by. And, <laughs> and the, you didn't send this to and me? The, and the duck followed him. So it was always like him walking by, and the duck just like, pat, 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 pat. dude, it was like on different I'm surfaces. offended. And at the end, it was like, which one do you think was best? <laughs> I'm genuinely offended that you did not send that to I me. didn't send it to anyone if that makes you feel better. It doesn't make me feel better. It was, it was just a little joy for me, okay? Can I keep some, some joy for myself? I share all of my joy with you. That's what this partnership is. No, it's not. It's not all it is. How dare you reduce it down to just... Joy and happiness that we share <laughs> together? I think, we're, I, think, I think this is a divorce podcast now. There's also joy that we can, you know, hold, hold near and dear to ourselves. Jeez, I told you about it. I just shared it with you now. God. You want to get into magnets and no. their receptionists? No. Okay. So we're going to start with dogs, not ducks. Dogs. Um, dogs and their, their, little, their little snoots. Their talented little snoots. Their we all beaks. know their, their beaks, if you will, cotton. Um, you know, they're, they're talented sniffers. They can track things. They have a great sense of direction. You know, maybe not Finn, maybe not our dog, but dogs in general, I think. I'm sorry, I just remembered that we got contacted about Cody. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, they appear to have a sense allowing them to sense the Earth's magnetic field as well, which is, you know, complementary to their already great fucking sense of 
smell and hearing to help them navigate. You look at me very confused. I'm no, like, I'm just thinking. Is oh. that why they can sense earthquakes? Probably. Kind of. Maybe not. I don't know. Or storms. Maybe, yes. I don't go into that, but it, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. If I went into that, this would be a lot longer than it already is. Um, so, exactly how and to what extent that they can use this is unclear at this point. Um, and this hidden sense is called magnetoreception. And until recently, it was only speculated that canines had it. So it's in other animals, such as, like... That's what my, that's what my like, confused face was. I was like, this is a thing that other animals have. Yes, exactly. But, yes, it's well known that other animals have it, like uh, birds, like migrational yeah. birds that, you know, go from north to south for the winter or whatever. You know? Yes. So that's a thing. Um, but it was only recent until recently, it was only speculated that canines also possess this. Um, so, what is magnetoreception? The definition is a sense which allows an organism to detect a magnetic field to perceive direction, altitude, or location. This sensory modality is used by a range of animals for orientation and navigation and as a method for animals to develop regional maps. So it's literally just a, an internal navigational tool that these animals have. It's an, it's an inside compass. It's an inside compass. This is my outside compass. This is my inside compass. Beer sip. Um, what are you doing? Nothing. I was just going to say something that's totally oh, not necessary. You keep like taking weird breaths and like. Because I keep about to say, I keep being about to say something, and then I just like realize that it's totally not necessary for me to say. Got it. You could still say it. Anyway. Um, so. When returning from a hunt, some dogs will retrace their steps by using scent trails, known as tracking, but others will return using a completely different route, which has been deemed the term scouting. So, you know, dogs will track something, an animal, or whatever, um, and a lot of them, or some of them, not a lot of them, some of them will just follow that scent trail sort of back. It usually... Um, has to do with you know like their owner will be with them or whatever they'll follow sort of like whatever central they were following they'll just trace it backwards um but then a lot a majority of dogs will create a new route but still end up in their starting position so that's what this whole research is going to get into um what sparked this question for you funny you ask because that's what this next section is called how did i get into this because I felt like explaining myself before we get further into this research makes a lot of sense. A few years ago, science scientists scientists science, science gone too far. Science has gone too far. Science scientists found dogs tend to poo and pee along a north to south axis, and that's where I got into it. So I was like, "How do you discover that? Where is that?" Uh, um, which is suggesting that they're able to sense the Earth's magnetic fields because they actually, like, they'll prefer north to south and, like, a lot of them actively avoid east to west. Like, they will, What like, does that mean? Like, the direction they face when they're pooping? Yeah. They'll, they'll go, like, north to south 
to poo or pee and avoid east to west. They'll face that way, though. That's what you're saying. Not like the pattern of their poops. No, they don't poop sequentially like north. Okay, okay. No, like, yeah, they, they, when they're pooping, they'll face or like face away like north south. That's, okay, that's okay, the axis okay, they, cool. they sort of behave on. Okay, much clearer um, now. Which I read and I was like, I need to know more. That's how I got to this. There's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Our, do- our dog does not do that. He, he actually did it. today. I, I, when I took him to poop this morning, I was like, I read this research yesterday. Yeah. And so when he was going to go poop today, I was like, let's see. And he did. Today he pooped um, facing north-south. He did not poop facing north-south for me today. Do you even know where north-south is? Where are we? We're on this is spring. This is spring. Yes. West is this way. Nope. East is this way. Nope. Oh. It's opposite. It's literally. What? Yeah. That's north south. This is north and south? West is this way. Yeah, west is that way. East is that oh, way. Oh, sorry. Yes. That is what I meant. Sorry. Yes. This is yeah. west. Fifth is west. Yes. East. Yes. And then north, south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it didn't. Okay. I mean, science is a lie. <laughs> so, um, they did trials to test this this whole thing out. He pooped southwest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, so the trials that these dogs went through. 70 dogs, 37 breeds, over two years. Damn. Can you guess how many poo-poos were taken in those two years by these... 37? 70 dogs. 70. 37 breeds? 37 breeds, 70 dogs. Don't look at me like that. No, I thought, I thought that was your answer for how many poos are taken in two years. It's like oh. 37, like Finn took that in this month. Yes. Oh. Um, 70 dogs over two years. How many poos? You could both take a guess. Can I calculate calculate real quick? No, 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 no calculating. Oh, okay, on. this is an open book test. Just give me your guesstimation. It's embarrassing if I mess it up this badly. It's a dog shitting for two years. It's not embarrassing it's to get that wrong. It's 70 dogs shitting. It's seven, yeah. It's not embarrassing to get that wrong. How would anyone know that? Because okay. you do the math. If you do 70 times uh, 365, just, just and you poop this many times. Times two. Yeah. yeah. That's embarrassing math. So I'm not you're, t- able to say you're, it. you're stalling. Just give me a fucking guess. All right. So 300, 300 is 600. 5,000 poops. I don't know. Don't do any math. Just, just guess. 60 plus 60 is 120. 720 plus 10. 730 times 70. 730 times 70? Yes. That's your final answer? Yes. What is the answer? What is, I don't know what that number is. It's a lot. I didn't know we could answer it this way. Uh, I, mean, I told you not to, but. Jenny's <laughs> breaking all the rules. 51,100 poops. <laughs> okay. Sergio. See, this is my 7,000 sounds really stupid. Sergio wins. Wait, 70? Oh. Is that what it is? Wait, what did oh, I yeah. do? 70 times. Was I right on? Then was I oh, exactly? No. 300, <laughs> 120, 10. You're nowhere close if it helps you give up any sooner. Sorry, no. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's my final answer. 51,100 poops. Okay. It's uh, 1,893. Okay. So we're gonna end off. I don't even remember what, what happened. We're talking 1, about poops. How many poops? A thousand poops. A thousand poops for seventy dogs in almost two years. Two thousand poops. Almost two thousand. What you didn't catch was that the dogs weren't being monitored the whole time. 
Not that I know of. I mean, probably not. Okay, I calculated that our dog takes about 1,400 poops in two years. So if 70 dogs take only 1,400 poops in two years, that means they're pooping like a quarter poop every three days. I mean, to be fair, I never told you they would be monitored 24 hours a day. Yeah, but you did not tell me that. You did say that it was all that dogs over two years. So I imagine it was over Also, what kind of scientist right? are you that you're you watching dog right poops? Who is the scientist? They're at a university, so I don't know. Uh, they're also in Chechnya. So the job is just to, like hang out with so many dogs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm watching, watching poo and pee. Um, so how many pees do you think they took? In, <laughs> how many pees do you think were recorded in this? Two thousand and three. Four thousand. Two thousand three hundred. Uh, Junie wins five thousand five hundred eighty-two pee pees. Where did they win? Nothing. Oh, nice. Just any bragging rights. Glory. Piss <laughs> glory. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's how many poo-poos and pee-pees. To, be, to re- reiterate, 1,893 poo-poos and 5,582 pee-pees were recorded in these trials. That. It's how it's written. I gotta read it how it's written. This, these are scientific documents proof? I'm reading. This is photographically documented? Uh, yes. Yes! Sweet. I'll watch this. Later. Yeah, there's the... <laughs> um, I'll watch a slideshow of every single one. Oh, 1,800 poo-poos. Yep. Uh, 5,000 something something peepees. So why did the dogs prefer... Why the dogs prefer north-south and avoid east-west is still unclear. It is still undetermined if dogs do this consciously or on a subconscious level. So... Do dogs do anything consciously? (laughs) Yes, I would say yes. I don't know the answer to what they do consciously. Dogs yes, but no. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, but, our, the, the only thing our dog does consciously is make bad decisions. He'll go into the closet consciously, steal socks, and then run from us. But So, I mean, so what I, what I mean, there's, there's like the quote that I pulled that information from is much more like scientific and, you know, thorough in what they're talking about. But basically, it's like a, a conscious thing is like they, they know exactly what they're doing. They, this, like, this direction sort of makes them feel that or like that's what they're trying to do um on the other state they are they just sort of feel comfortable they're not knowing why or yeah. for what reason yeah. they just like they're they, not making the decision yeah, they're Their searching body around just yeah and they're just like oh this feels comfortable yeah. and they just happen to be that direction they just don't know exactly what they're doing um but that's that so that was the whole research that got me into this rabbit hole but then i went I, wait I, so you knew that no that was what i found i found the whole pooping thing and then I was like, okay, but I need to know more about, like... What was the original thing you Googled? I didn't Google anything. I was... Wait, why did I Google? Yeah, I need to know why, how you found this out. Like, this is, like, the original <laughs> thing you found. Like, how did you get there? Ooh, I remember. I was, I was in bed, and Finn was scratching at the bed, and I was like, why the fuck do dogs scratch things? So I looked into that, and I was like, what are some other, like, dog behaviors that, like, we need to figure out? And then I got into dogs pooping north and south. And then I just do, got into it from there. Did you figure out the scratching fucking thing? Oh, yeah. It's just a, like a uh, instinct thing from dogs like um, burrowing and stuff. They would scratch up leaves and stuff to make a, a comfier nest type of thing to like sleep on or like, you know. But he doesn't even lay in the spots that he fucking. That's what they do. They're, they're, they're scratching at the spot that they, I mean, he does. Like all, dogs usually do that. They scratch dogs his, usually do. He doesn't. Well, I mean, he does do that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes well. he just does it just to do and it. And sometimes dogs poop north 
south, sometimes they poop east-west. It's not an every every occurrence type of thing. Um, that's what he's doing. It's an in- instinctual thing that he's doing, that dogs do. Um, anyway, that's how I got to that. But then from there, I got into the whole magneto pre- perception thing, which was really interesting. What are you doing? Oh, you poked my glasses. I just want to know what you were doing. <laughs> your finger was there. I turned into your finger. It's your damn fault. Mm. My bad. Um, so then let's go back to the reality. Back to life. Um, yeah, so we're going to go into scouting. The alternative to retracing your steps, which is called something. Yeah, it is. What is it called? Do you remember? No. Tracking. Tracking, yeah. So okay. instead of tracking, scouting is when they return back to their... It's when they sell Girl Scout cookies. Yes. <laughs> uh, they return back to their, you know, their person or their home base from a hunt or a chase um, through a different route than they took to get there. Um, so, scientists from the same uni- university as the previous pooping study... Uh, found that scouting relies on this hidden sense as well. Between 2014 and 2017, 600 dogs performed trials setting out for a chase and returning to their peeps. The forest was unknown to the dogs. So this is, these are the sort of bullet points of how this trial was taking place to rule out them or any interference, basically. The forest was unknown to the dogs, so they were unfamiliar with it. Uh, there were no scents to track in the forest. Um, there were no, there was no wind carrying smells through the forest for them to follow, and the dense foliage keeping the sun and path obscured prevented them from, you know, sort of seeing ahead of themselves and knowing exactly where they are. They or could, following the sun in any yes, capacity. yes, um, and also keeping the sun out of their vision so they couldn't track the sun as a directional. Yeah, that's what, that's what I yeah, meant. Yeah. Um, so the magnetic field does not change. So this led them to argue that they're using something that is constant to find their way back. Hence the magnetic field. And hence them removing all variables. Exactly. Um, so when analyzing the scouting events only, so some dogs did use the tracking method. Um, so they analyzed only the scouting events, which I don't think I wrote down the like percentage, but it was a very high percentage used scouting rather than really? tracking. Yeah. Um, like a, a good, like maybe like 60, 40 split, which, still. which is still like a, a lot of them use. Yeah. Scouting. Um, our dog would just continue running in the other direction. <laughs> he would never come back. No. Um, so when ana- when analyzing the scouting events, the dogs began the return with a twenty meter run along the north south axis, regardless of their direction of their destination. So even if we were to like the east of our dog, they would begin their return by sprinting north south for twenty meters, and then start. Was that specific? Yes, and Damn. then start their their track back. Um. They called this a compass run and is suspected to be a way for dogs to prime their magnetic sensors before their journey. So they're kind of aligning themselves with the magnetic field 
to sense their direction and then move from there. So they're like, this is where I am. Now I know how to get back because they just basically built a map for themselves by doing that. Like they built like their location, um, which is fucking crazy. There's like not, so this is still like current research and they're still doing stuff on this. So like none of it, none of it's like up to date or like a lot of it is like them hypothesizing and like suspecting things. But a lot of it is still like up for debate basically. Um, so magnetoreception likely exists in a lot more species than we know. And there's even a chance that it's been hiding in humans. The molecule thought to be responsible for this hidden sixth sense in birds has recently been found in dogs, certain primates, and even bears. So let's go into the protein. A light-sensitive protein in the human eye has been shown to act as a compass in a, ma in a magnetic field when present in flies' eyes. So, we carry a protein. A, I, I think the, I forgot what the protein is called, but it's basically number two. So number one is what like birds have, flies have it. They use it to sense magnetic fields and follow it to navigate. We have a sort of what seems like a like dormant version of the protein in our eyes that we don't seem to use that we know of. Um, so what they did in this sort of study on this protein was they removed, I think they like genetically modified and removed that protein, protein number one from the flies. And then That's fucking rude. And then they tested to see if they could navigate magnetic fields and they couldn't. They didn't sense it. They didn't, they had no perception of it. Um, so what they did. Imagine doing surgery on a fly. I mean, they didn't remove it from a, a physical fly. They genetically modified them so they were. No, they didn't. <laughs> they went in and took every little protein. Like, nope, you don't get that one. You don't get that Here's one. Use the world's smallest syringe. They stick it in the eyeball and they just like. Oh, yeah, molecules out. It's exactly what happened. Also, my bedtime alarm just. <laughs> that makes sense. Um. So what they did was they were testing to see if this secondary protein could have the same effect in animals that already used the first one successfully. So they took the human protein from our eyes, protein number two and modified the flies to have that that protein and they regained their sense of the so there's fields. still something missing in us yes. that doesn't allow us to activate the protein exactly so we have it we just don't use it like other animals do not that we know it because we could also like okay so this is my final part um dr ripper who's involved in the study i believe um, so the, the difficulty in unpicking the nature of human magnetosensing, if it exists, was that like the circadian rhythms of cryptochromes are also are also implicated in we react to, we react to it without knowing that we are. So like our internal body clocks, our whole you know that whole thing, we don't know that we're doing it. The same reason we don't know if dogs know that they're going north or south consciously or unconsciously 
we could be using that protein in some way, sensing magnetic fields and reacting to them without knowing exactly what we're doing. So as of right now, we don't know. And it's hard to tell because we are the humans doing the research and we don't understand. And there's no way. I mean, you could take a test group that has no idea what you're doing. You could tell them that you're doing something else and then test them and see yeah. continuously. But you'd have to continue to test the same. It's just like we don't know exactly how to test that. We need like a maniac situation. Because we don't, as far as we know, we don't use it exactly for like navigational purposes. So we couldn't be like, you run trials of navigation to see if we sense magnetic fields. So, like, I don't, we don't know exactly how to test it in humans, but we do know that the protein found in humans also works in animals wow. who also already use the first protein. Should I start recording which direction I pee in? Yes. Okay. If the urinal's not facing the right way, I'm peeing on the wall. And that's, that's, that's the hole I went into, which I thought was really interesting. First of all, I just went into it because the pee and poo thing was, uh, was really weird and funny to me. And then I got into Magneto. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really cool. Weird, huh? Very. Yeah. Why? But it's just weird to think about how like it could also be in like other animals or it's been found in other animals that don't, we don't know how they use it. Or they could not. Yeah. Or they could not. Cause it's not as obvious at least. Just crazy. Or there are different patterns of behavior that indicate yeah. that they are using it or even navigational purposes, but we just have no idea. Yeah. I have a great sense of direction. So I think maybe I, I use mine. I don't know my right from left. Yeah. Yeah. But you no, no, I don't know. I think I have a, a good a sense of direction until I'm like deep into somewhere I'm not paying attention and then I'm like, wait, I'm lost. Yeah. So then I'm like, wait, I don't think I do. That's Except it. when I'm like in a building, like if I'm driving or something, I typically have a really good sense of direction of like north, south, east and west. Like I said, if you tell me to turn left, though, I'm turning right 100% of the time. <laughs> like that's sometimes true. There's been a lot of times where we're driving and, and you, ask, you, like ask me to, you ask me to test you and you're just like... When I was in so Colorado, hard. I could do it like the back of my hand. I feel like I'm still like learning here, but like it's that comes way more naturally to me than thinking about like areas or um, like, you know, left turns or whatever. Like straight up, if you tell yeah. me to turn north, I'd probably be more likely to turn the right direction. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that concludes this episode. Big episode. Big episode. Big episode. Big episode is a small episode, right? Nah. Yeah. Like average-ish. A little bit under. We, we hit two hours pretty often. This is a smallish episode. It's 20 minutes. That's not long. That's a long time. If you're listening to a podcast and it, like two-hour mark is like... That's a big episode. I can start doing less research. No, I want you to be thorough. It's just, it's all the banter and stuff that. Stop can't... fucking talking to me then. <laughs> okay. We like talking to you. It's okay. All right. You want to walk us out? Yes, I would love to. 
We are on the internet in various places. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Misfits N Tidbits. That's the letter N Tidbits. Did you say Misfits? Yeah, nope, I didn't. Misfits. <laughs> Misfits. Misfits. Mr. Fitzer. Mr. Fitz. Misfits. M I S F I T S N T I D B I T S. Misfits and Tidbits. We are also, uh, we have a website that is mntpodcast.com. You can also find our contact information there if you go to the contact section, but we just have an email that is hello at mntpodcast.com. Feel free to leave us any feedback that you have, any corrections to the information that we both have shared. And please, 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 wherever you are listening, do feel free to like, subscribe, rate, and review us. We really, 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 really appreciate it. It helps us so that we can continue doing this and grow our audience and become big and famous. And that's all we want from this. And if it doesn't happen, I don't want that we're to just be gonna... I don't want to be big and famous. He wants to be little and famous. I don't want <laughs> I, I want to be big, not famous. Um, no, that's, yeah, no. We literally just want to continue to learn and um, get better. So even if our audience stays like it is, then we'll continue to do this. And um, we love being here and we're really fucking grateful that you chose to spend your Monday with us or your Thursday or whenever you actually happen to listen to this. We're happy that you chose to spend at least an hour or so with us. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's it. That's it. That's all. Again, I am Juno. This is Ethan. We've loved spending this hour and a half with you, and we will see you next week. Go big or go nuts. Catch new episodes of Misfits and Tidbits every Monday. Me.